0: We welcome you into Local News Live. I'm Brian Pierce. Across the country, there have been legislation passed that has to do with concealed carry, and a lot of police departments, police unions, are sounding the alarm and expressing their concerns. We spoke with one, and we are going to play that for you in a little bit after a recent le- law was passed in Ohio. It was actually signed into law on March 14th. It's being considered the constitutional carry legislation. That's the buzzword that these type of laws are being labeled with across the country cleveland 19 news reports the law allows eligible ohioans 21 or older to bypass any sort of classes or training to carry a concealed weapon without a permit that's one aspect of this legislation it also reduces penalties If a gun owner does not properly notify law enforcement if they have a firearm in their possession. Now, these type of laws have been going up over the past couple years. Uh, 25 states have passed similar legislation, most of this within the past five years. Police leadership has opposed the legislation in a majority of these states, including many uh, branches of the Fraternal Order of Police, one of the biggest police unions across the country. The Fraternal Order of Police in Ohio fought against the bill's recent passage. We actually had a chance to speak with their spokesperson uh, earlier today about why they so strongly opposed this legislation. Let's go ahead and bring that interview to you right now. Great to be joined on Local News Live. For the first time, Mike Weinman from the Ohio Fraternal Order of Police. Mike's the Director of Governmental Affairs. Mike, thanks for joining us today to talk about this new legislation. Thank you for having me. Dubbed by politicians as uh, constitutional carry, this comparable legislation is passed in about 25 states. What is the Ohio FOP's perspective on the new legislation removing a licensing and training requirement for qualified citizens uh, to carry a concealed weapon?
1: Well, we were opposed to the bill, Uh, we remain opposed to the bill, uh, even though it's been signed by the governor. Um, We took a look at how many people under the current system system of permitting uh, had suspensions, revocations, and how many of those uh, were denied. And
0: uh, so that gives us cause for concern that those people will now be able to carry a firearm. That's interesting. And that was something when I looked at my research, I had it popped up for me, um, what, is that number pretty substantial that had their, their licenses taken away, but now will get them back?
1: Well, technically, they don't get them back, uh, but no one's going to be checking to see. Um, that's, that's the issue. And it, over the years, it's been thousands and mm. thousands of people uh, since Ohio instituted
0: the um, carry permit. Gotcha. Now that's a great clarification. Um, to what extent do you think this will create a uh, a public safety concern for, for police officers? We'll start there.
1: Well, number one, you know, now you're going to have that many more people without training, without a background check, uh, carrying firearms. Um, so they don't know what their rights and responsibilities are, and um, you know what you know, firearm safety, firearm retention, you know, any of those things uh, that were covered in training. For the most part. And, um, and now, you know, they changed the uh, notification process too. Whereas before, if an officer stopped someone who was a con- concealed carry permit holder, they hadn't notified the officer. Now the officer has to ask. And, you know, so that switches the burden onto the
0: officer. You
1: know, basically, you're going to be asking everyone if they're armed. And uh, sometimes that could be adversarial.
0: Yeah, if you don't mind kind of taking me further into that, that seems like a point that maybe not a lot of people would think about. I feel like that requires more time from officers in a potentially um, challenging situation. And you're right, it does put a bigger burden on them.
1: Exactly. And there are some communities, you know, some folks who don't, you know, they resent the government. They don't want to be stopped in the first place. And now, you know, you're asking them if they're being armed. And you get the "I'm not a criminal," and you know you don't have any right to ask me that sort of thing. So you know it it just sets up that whole scenario that you know puts an officer, you know, even more in an adversarial
0: situation with with folks um, when you're trying to deescalate situation. So when it comes to police officers, one you have people um, that now have uh, maybe it's more easy it's easier to have a concealed carry firearm. That didn't it wasn't as easy before. And then also you're being required uh, to be the ones kind of having the burden of asking them, do you have a concealed carry firearm? It seems like both of those combined make uh, the jobs for police officers a little more a little more unsafe. Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. You know, because, you know, and, and these people could have had it revoked at some point or suspended at some point. So, um, you know, when you walk up to someone, you don't know if they're law abiding or not. You know, it's not like tattooed on somebody's head and uh, and those things can change in a split second, you know, and in Ohio here we had uh, an officer who was shot four times by a concealed carry permit holder, you know, so it happens. Um, All those people that were suspended or revoked at one time were law abiding enough to get a permit and something happened along the way where, you know, it got revoked or suspended or they were denied when it was renewed.
0: The timing is also tough. The past couple of years have been two of the most dangerous for police officers really across the country.
1: Oh, absolutely. Uh, Ambush attacks up 126 percent Wow! year after year. uh, You see more uh, officers dying by gunshot uh, than anything else. It used to be car accidents. Uh, That's it's almost double car accidents now
0: we've gone over how it makes it more challenging for officers more dangerous for police potentially how about for just the general public
1: well the general public at least had the assurance that if somebody was you know carrying concealed weapon that they had to the permit that there was some sort of vetting process now they're not going to know you know these business owners that in the past may have allowed concealed carry permit holders to carry into their establishments they may have to reconsider that you know what do they do now um, and do families want to be sitting next to someone in a restaurant that
0: could be armed? I thought this quote from the uh, Ohio FOP's president, Gary Wolski, was interesting. He said, prior to the legislation passing, this was in the Columbus Dispatch, I think last month or over the past couple of months when this legislation went into effect, the barrier for getting a permit was already low, but public safety was preserved. Can you kind of explain what uh, the president of the Ohio FOP was saying there?
1: Yeah. So in the past, you know, before this bill, you at least had the eight hours of training and you had to have a background check. Um, So there was some sort of assurance there. Um, Eight hours of training, only two hours on the range, wasn't that great. But at least we had something in place, uh, something where, you know, these folks were held accountable. If something did happen, you know, the sheriff could take an action against that permit. um, And now that's gone. Mm
0: outside of the reducing the need for training is there any other aspect about this legislation that may be concerning to the ohio FOP?
1: well those are the big key you know i mean and that is the brunt of the this bill is that the loss of the background check and the training and and you know the this notification process that's completely changed after 20 some odd years um so it's unfortunate to see this happen, and, you know, we are going to see more gun violence as a result of this. It'll be hard to quantify, you know, but it's going to happen, uh, and we're already facing, you know, record homicide numbers over the last couple of years. Um, you know, we've, we've seen these road rage incidents where, you know, just a minor infraction will set somebody off, and now, you know, they're going to be able to carry a gun in a car, you know, uh, without this permit, and that's, uh, that's disappointing.
0: Speaking of you know drive, being in cars, driving from state to state, the only other potential concern that I saw, just kind of reading different quotes from uh, law enforcement across the country, was this idea of not every state has the same laws. So potentially, when one, one driver with concealed carry goes from one state to the other, it's going to be tough even for them because the laws change and they don't know. Um, maybe they don't need these regulate uh, these requirements in one state, but they do in others, and that could lead to some issues as well.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. And and as you see, how many states are already having this? Um, the only reason to get a concealed carry permit now in the state of Ohio was if you would to travel to another state. Mm. Um, but now, if another state doesn't have that requirement, just like Ohio, the Ohio law doesn't say this is only for Ohioans to carry um, concealed without a permit. It allows anyone to do it that hasn't you know violated federal law or state law that would otherwise disqualify them. And that's an issue too, you know. When you when you go from state to state, um, the disqualifications. Like, how's a police officer in Parma going to know that someone in Illinois was adjudicated in a mental health risk and is carrying a gun? He's not going to have access to that information. Yeah. Um, so, you know, the information out there is just as good as what they put in the database. If it's not going in the databases, you're not going to know.
0: I wanted to briefly ask about kind of the political side of this. And of course, it wasn't uniform here, but it seemed like Republicans had a a good amount of support from Ohio um, lawmakers during the the past election cycle. President Trump did receive an endorsement from the national FLP. Um, To what extent do you, is that concerning that it was voted along party lines that Republicans supported this legislation in Ohio? And to what extent do you think that could potentially impact the support some police unions give Republican lawmakers in the future within your state?
1: Yeah, you know, that, that, that is a tough question because yeah. there's so many issues that the FOP um, takes into account whenever we do endorsements, but it's definitely gonna be a factor. Um, you know, when you're putting our safety at risk, Uh, That's going to be a factor when we take a look at our endorsements and our political contributions.
0: Mike, I had one more question for you before we kind of wrap this up. Um, And and I know um, each FOP, each fraternal order of police has their their own projects and their own work in each state. Um, In terms of just broadly speaking, have you had a chance to talk with other law enforcement, maybe not just in Ohio, but in other states, um, regardless of what union or who they work for about this kind of legislation?
1: We haven't talked to any other unions um, across the state or in other states. We have spoken to the um, Chiefs Association, Ohio Association Chiefs of Police, and they're equally disappointed. You know, they were uh, opponents of this bill as well. And it's something that they're looking at, too, is, you know, there's support that we're supposed to be getting from folks that say they back the blue, but then they don't back the blue on issues like this when it comes to officer safety.
0: Mike, anything else you'd like to add about this topic?
1: Now, you know, one of the things that they like to argue about was, you know, the constitutionality of this. You know, that's why one of the things they call it constitutional carry. I call it permitless carry. Um, but both the U.S. Supreme Court and the Ohio Supreme Court have both ruled that you do not have a right to carry a concealed weapon.
0: Um,
1: so that's been laid to rest uh, by those courts. They might still try to make that argument, but it's not true.
0: Mike Weinman with the Ohio for Turner, Order of Police, Director of Government Affairs. We really appreciate your time on this important topic here on Local News Live. Thank you, sir. Appreciate Mike Weinman kindly taking some time with us earlier today to talk about Uh, These legislation changes, not just in Ohio, but many many, uh, states across the country where our gray TV stations are located. If you're watching this, there's a high chance that uh, your state has recently adopted this legislation or something comparable. Real quick, I want to give a a point from Senator Terry Johnson. He's a state uh, senator in Ohio, and uh, Governor Mike DeWine, who did debate personally, according to our reports from our Cleveland station WOIO, he did debate about signing this legislation, ultimately decided to do so. It was co-sponsored by Senator Terry Johnson. His justification afterwards, according to reports from our affiliates, are, quote, nowhere in the Second Amendment of the United States Constitution does it say you have have to have training to defend yourself or to bear arms. Mike Weinman from the Ohio Fraternal Order of Police joining us a few moments ago. We appreciate his time, and we appreciate you tuning in here on Local News Live, the seven-day-a-week network for our great TV stations across the country. When we have a topic of importance, we feel that's to our stations and its viewers, you. We try to cover it, and Mike did a good job providing us with some context.